Besides being a former president and former reality TV star, Donald Trump is a serial and professional at this point litigant. He is always in the courtroom. His name is constantly in some court document. He is always getting sued or suing someone. And at this point, I think he just enjoys the thrill. So we're going to be talking about some of the lawsuits he has pending today. This is going to be an episode in sundry politics. And I want you to listen to just the different things he's being accused of and the different indictments that he has. And we're going to be splitting those up into categories. Let's get into that right now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sundry Politics. My name is Carl. I'm your host. And let me give a quick disclaimer before we jump into this topic and before I erupt into laughter over just the myriad of lawsuits uh, Trump has against him. Uh, I am neither a Republican or a Democrat. I have voted both Republican and Democrat when it comes to presidential nominees. So I consider myself an independent, not just because of my voting record, but because of just my ideologies and all that good stuff. Uh, secondly, going to uh, the subject of Trump, I am not a fan like at all. I am not anywhere near <laughs> a fan of Donald Trump. I think he is a serial and chronic liar. I think that he is uh, pedantic and petulant. I think that he is selfish to the point of narcissism. And I think that he is in general a criminal <laughs> bars so let's get into this right now if you don't you know if you love trump you might want to turn this off right now honestly but with that being said we're going to be dealing with his lawsuits i'm going to be making some commentary on them please keep in mind that i do not have the burden of proof that the prosecutors have so although in america you are innocent until proven guilty in the legal space uh if you are uh guilty by the evidence according to me on my podcast i'm gonna be like man you probably guilty so i'm not trying to be unfair but i also don't have the same burden of proof and i don't have a jury here and i hope you all can see this evidence and say and make up your own mind really i'm not going to be really pressing you to believe what i believe so let's get into it i'm going to split these things up i'm going to try to split them up <laughs> uh by kind of like city because donald trump has several lawsuits in several cities uh so let's get into uh, first or the first city, which is New York, New York attorney general. This is the attorney general for the New York, for the state of New York, Letitia James or Tish James. She has a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump and the lawsuit is over him under inflating and over inflating his assets when it was, or when it is expedient for him. And some of you may have heard the arrest of Trump org CFO, Alan Weissenberg, this came uh, under her investigation. And I read recently that he and Donald Trump Jr. were subpoenaed to testify to this like investigatory team. And it was said that between the two of them, they pleaded the fifth over 500 times. And I want you to all remember there was a time where Trump literally said on national television, if you are pleading the fifth, then you're a criminal. Why are you pleading the fifth? What do you have to hide? And now his CFO or his former CFO, because they definitely removed him from Trump org because ain't no loyalty there. But anyway, let's move on to the substance. So really what we're talking about here is that she is saying and she is accusing him of overinflating and underinflating. So the overinflating came when he would apply for bank loans because banks are going to give you more 
based upon the assets that you have because you have more assets to borrow against. And so you're not just going to say, well, I have a property or I have a house. The bank wants to know the monetary value of the property or the house. And so tr what Trump would do is that he would say, this is the monetary value of this house. By the way, Michael Cohen in his testimony said this like he's been saying this for a, a couple years now that this is a, a standard practice there. But anyway, Trump would say, OK, well, this is worth 500 million. This is worth one billion. This is worth whatever the case may be. Um, and he would use inflated numbers so that he can get better loans. However, on the opposite side of the spectrum, when it came time for the IRS, when it came time for the community to collect tax, tax dollars based upon the same assets, in a lot of cases, he would say, oh, it's not it's not actually three hundred million dollars. So this is a real story. It was uh, there was a property. I believe it was in New York um, somewhere where the community literally was protesting against Donald Trump because they were saying that his golf course or his I believe it was a resort. They were saying that he wasn't paying his fair amount of taxes on this like golf course slash resort. And he was saying, no, I am. It's 17 million dollars. And boom, boom, boom. Like, that's what it is. But come to find out. And this is uh, I heard this from Ari Melber for the same exact property that he actually reported on official documents was worth 17 million dollars. He sent this into like the city uh, or the town that he was in. For that $17 million property, he actually went to a bank. They asked him to list out his assets. He listed those assets, and that same property was listed as being worth over $300 million. <laughs> so on one piece of paper, official document to the bank, he said this is over this this money, this property, excuse me, is worth over $300 million on like another official document when it came to taxes because the government it's better to pay taxes on 10 million dollars than it is to pay on 100 million obviously he says oh it's 17 million dollars now there is some wiggle room between you know different appraisers one appraiser can say something is 10 million dollars uh one appraiser can say the same is actually 14 15 million dollars one appraiser could have came and told donald trump actually this is worth 17 million dollars and he could have got another appraiser. I said, actually, this is worth twenty one million dollars. That is actually not unprecedented. It does happen sometimes. Actually, it happens a lot. What never happens is that it goes from 17 million to three hundred million dollars. That's a wild swing. Like what appraiser are you using? Good question, Carl. So <laughs> it turns out that he reported that there were some third party appraisers who appraised all of the properties when and now we're finding out through court documents that the appraisers were actually on Trump payroll. They were working for Trump org. They did not work for any external uh, company that did appraisals. So he basically had a team of people. He changed their title or not even changed their title. He just represented their title as appraisers said that they were third party, but they were actually Trump org employees. And those are the people who appraise the property. That is a clear conflict of interest. <laughs> and also, wow, it just so happens to be that the same property is worth $17 million when it comes to taxes, but it's worth $350 million when it comes to being an asset that you can borrow against. So can someone say bank fraud? How about tax fraud? How about we say them both? <laughs>
So that's pending right now in New York. That's a civil case. And what that means is that she cannot bring criminal charges because it's a civil case. So the most she can do is actually charge him, his company, sue him, his company for uh, a buttload of money, which probably she will end up doing. Uh, But his legal woes in New York don't stop there because for the same thing, under inflating and over inflating, like I said, those are criminal charges. Bank fraud is not a civil charge. Uh, Tax fraud is not a civil charge. Those are criminal charges. There is another investigation happening in Manhattan. Now, this is still New York. It's just a different AG or attorney general. His name is Alvin Bragg. By the way, both of these are some black people, black superstars. Shout out to my black folk. So Alvin Bragg, who took over for Cy Vance, who recently just retired or whatever he did, um, he is running kind of a parallel investigation in New York. It's a criminal one, though, and it's for the same reason. And if it is found that he is criminally liable for tax fraud or bank fraud, he is absolutely going to be he's absolutely going to lose the civil case. If it's found that he is civilly responsible, so he is ordered by a judge to pay a buttload of money because he loses the case against Tish James in the state of New York, it's going to be that more it's going to be that much more easier for Alvin Bragg to win his case if he does decide to take it to trial I don't know if he's taking this to trial just yet Tish James has definitely taken this to trial she ain't playing with him Alvin Bragg I don't know that they've taken it to the trial point uh y'all can look that up and y'all find out but anyway that's going on in New York I mean that's just that's just New York though so let's get to the next city and the black excellence doesn't stop when we get to Atlanta We got our girl Fannie Willis, who is the Fulton County District Attorney. She is actually weighing charges on Trump's uh, conduct in the 2020 election in Georgia. So she is going to be investigating his culpability in actually breaking the law when it comes to Georgia election, because it is a criminal offense to interfere with any state or federal election. You cannot do that. You cannot interfere with the process. You cannot try to impede or hamper or hamstring the process. It is a criminal thing to do so. So she is going to be looking into that. I want you to remember that Donald Trump said this is this is a literal quote I'm going to give you. Uh, you've heard this before, though, if you've been watching uh, MSNBC, CNN, NPR, anything like that. Donald Trump says, and I quote, so look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find a. Uh, 11,780 votes, unquote. (laughs) This is what he said on a phone call to uh, Brad Raffersberger, I believe his name is, who who was like like the state like election, you know, officer who was in charge. And so he called him up, had some other officials from Georgia on the line and was frustrated because, oh, I really won Georgia. So because I really won, here's what I need you all to do. I need you to find me eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes. And I want to pause here to just I mean, listen to this. He is accusing and he got all his people accusing Democrats of finding votes and he is literally saying find me 11,780 votes (laughs) you couldn't write a script that was so legally damning like I mean (laughs) if is this a movie like I mean is he is (laughs) what is happening here and this is on audio 
it's clearly his voice. I mean, you could also, I mean, she could, Fannie Willis, if she wanted to, she could obviously subpoena the phone records and be like, yep, this call came in from the White House or wherever Trump was, and it was to Brad Raffersberger. He ain't denying the call. I mean, he out here saying that that's what happened. And this is this is what he said. So she's going to be looking into that in Atlanta. Let's get to D.C. So that brings us to D.C., uh, Washington, D.C. And in D.C., Trump has two major things pending. But the first lawsuit is actually not one lawsuit. It's actually five lawsuits. And Trump is trying to get all five of them thrown out for basically the same reason. He is citing the same reason, which is that he has presidential immunity. And what he was doing was in service to the presidency. And he cannot be held criminally or otherwise accountable for those things. And so the first thing is the January 6th lawsuit. So we already know that January 6th was a terrorist attack, uh, a domestic terrorist attack on our capital, on voting rights and democracy itself, really. And so Trump, we all know the party played. He was saying, oh, we got to fight like H-E double hockey stick. Oh, we can't be weak or they're going to take it from us. And he riled up the crowd. There are sources that uh, there are there. There are rumors that he was um, he was intent to march to the crowd or with the crowd to the Capitol. I don't know those to be true, so I'm not I don't those are unconfirmed, basically. But anyway, we know that he did rile up the crowd. And more importantly than anything else, he did nothing to stop it for hours and hours and hours after repeated attempts for people to try to get him to do so. It has been subpoenaed and seen that we we have the text messages. His son texted him. His daughter went in. Um, if she didn't text him, there were countless people. Uh, what's his name? The guy from Fox News. Sean Hannity, uh, he texted uh, some people around him who were saying, OK, I'm going to try to talk to him. I believe he texted Mark Meadows, who tried to talk to the president. But it was all for naught because he was like, I don't care. And he just was watching, apparently. And so anyway. He has five different lawsuits pending for that. Two of them are led by members of Congress. Uh, I believe Eric Swalwell, and I don't know the other one, but uh, the Democrat Eric Swalwell is leading one of those lawsuits. There's another, uh, probably more than likely, a, another Democrat who uh, sued him for the same. The other two are actually from Capitol Police officers who are suing him. We all know that there were uh, a few dead and several injured in this attack condolences to those families and you know for the loss of life there so let's get to the second thing or before we get to the second thing let me just spend some time on these january 6 lawsuits this is i have to and i was going to wait i was going to save my commentary till after i finished talking but i got to pause for this one right now in the republican party everyone knows maybe outside of uh the florida governor desantis but everyone else knows that Trump is the leading figure to win the nomination. If it were today, he would win today. If it were tomorrow or next week, he would win. He would absolutely win the nomination. And it's because there are people who would vote for him and there are people who would literally rage if he lost it against their own party because their party is no longer the Republican Party. They are the party of Trump. And this is all in the context of him leading an assault on our nation, or at least inciting it. He literally watched while police officers were hit and sprayed and spat on and cursed at 
And this is the man who is going to get up at the nomination. If it were today, he would be the one who would be able to anyway, get up and say, we're the party of law and order. (laughs) This is what he would say. And this is what would be believed. And there are people like Tim Scott, crazy behind who would be behind him shaking their head. Yes. Smiling, agreeing, capitulating. And it's like, yo, what is wrong with you? We all know Trump is, 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 you know, I I encourage you to read Mary Trump's book. Uh, She is actually, she's a PhD in psychology or sociology, one of those. And so she is not just, you know, just winging it. She's not doing some armchair analysis. Like she, she got some heft behind her words. I encourage you to read her book. Uh, Not only is she a literal PhD in the subject, she is the niece of Donald Trump. I want you to read her book and just look at what she says about him. It's not all like, you know, vitriol and oh i'm so angry with him it's it's very little of that actually she really states a clear case for what he is but anyway getting off of him for a second we kind of we kind of know what he what he is right now right like we we ain't surprised no more with him what's so demoralizing are the people who you thought were sane like marco rubio you know these are people who you thought were like you know maybe wrong but fair americans fair thinking free thinking americans and it's like yo i heard marco rubio say the other day like oh if he ran of you know i would vote for him and of course i would support him and it's like dude you weren't saying that like during the last nomination you were talking about how he were how he was dangerous also marco rubio is the one who like posts scripture to his twitter every morning but enough of that that's so sad like the man who led and sat by where our nation was being attacked you're gonna vote for him to be the president of the nation i can't but anyway let's get to the second thing house of representatives and this is a doozy here like this is getting probably so much coverage at least recently because something just dropped something just hit the fan so the house of representatives is looking into trump they are looking into everything that happened on january 6th They want to know, obviously, who and where the people who committed those atrocities are and who they are and where they are because they haven't found all of them. Um, But also they want to know who financed it. They want to know who coordinated it. And I was so happy to hear them say that because in the wake of it, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was really just so gobsmacked by what unfolded, like, I mean, mouth ajar. But they had the presence of mind to say, no, this didn't just happen. They came out the next day like this required some planning and some communication and some uh, money. And so glad they did that. So glad they're looking into it because that's exactly what it is. There is a guy I call him Patch guy. He is literally the first person to be charged with conspiracy. He's probably going to go to jail for a very long time, if not the rest of his life, if he is found guilty of it. And in my opinion, he probably he is guilty of it because he was literally on someone's podcast. It was that guy. I can't remember his name now, but um, he was actually uh, and he has his own podcast. Crazy hair looking guy. You all know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he was on his podcast. It was both. It was a video recorded podcast. So you saw the eye patch guy talking into the microphone and he was saying like 
before January 6th happened, this is literally this this literally what happened. I want you guys to look for this on YouTube. You can find it. You don't have to take my word for it. Eyepatch guy says, yeah, well, you know, we got some people stationed outside of D.C., you know, because if they if they try to take the election from from us and illegally remove Trump, of course, they didn't illegally remove him. He got voted out. But he says uh, in case they do that, we have people outside of D.C. We have them armed and ready. He says, and we're ready to stop that if they try that. He said they did some recon the other week and now they're just stationed there waiting. So this is why he's probably guilty. He just said that, yeah, I've already planned a constituency of men outside of D.C. and they're going to go in and try to stop if they try to remove Donald Trump. And that's exactly what happened. Literally, he's the uh, the eye patch guy is the uh, the leader of the Proud Boys, I believe, or the uh, Oath Keepers, excuse me, not the Proud Boys. He's the leader of the far right, you know, crazy conspiracy group called the Oath Keepers. Anyway, that's uh, that's happening, you know, so we got that right there. Then this just dropped recently. Trump was trying to hide, of course, as he always does, a 700 page like I mean, 700 pages worth of like memos, internal communications, guidances, all that stuff. He was trying to keep that back from the committee because, of course, they wanted that because it was very relevant to what they were looking into. Trump claimed executive privilege. Oh, you can't see this. Boom, 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 boom. And so it was everything from Mark Meadows to Donald Trump himself, uh, mostly the people around him, though, because, you know, Donald Trump don't write a whole lot down. And so he claimed executive privilege, tried to keep it away from the committee. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, guys. But the Supreme Court voted just last week, I believe, or early this week in a decision eight to one that they would have to pass uh, or that they would have to turn over those pages. So now the house select committee has 770 pages of documents that all speak to the internal communications from those around Trump around the timeline, right before January 6th and on January 6th. And let me tell y'all, this is a doozy right here. Mark Meadows, uh, what's his name? Jim Jordan, Donald Trump's children. All of these people need to be concerned. And I'm happy. What you're going to see in those communications. And this is kind of a shout out to, you know, Ivanka, because I do believe she tried. I believe you're going to find that she tried to go and tell her father to do something. I believe Don Jr. told her his father. Yeah, dad, you got to do something. I believe you're going to see multiple attempts from people around him. We don't need to see Donald Trump's writing. We don't need to see what he said. It's enough to get the text messages. It's enough to get the memos. It's enough to get the constant because it was constant that day. I mean, you got text messages from media members at this point telling Mark Meadows to tell him. And what you're going to see, I believe, is a pattern of people trying to let him know you got to do something. And they're going to have timestamps and they're going to see, oh, he just ignored these. He just didn't respond. And late at night, he came on TV and said, hey, guys, go home. We love you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what he said. So that's the doozy in D.C. So we got two in D.C. or really we got seven in D.C. Um, because remember, the first part was that's five different lawsuits. Two led by congressmen, two led uh, from uh, some Capitol Police officers. So we got seven in D.C., one in Atlanta, 
two in New York. So we have a total of 11 lawsuits. That's just a bit of clarification. It is actually one Capitol police officer who's suing Trump in one lawsuit. And then there are two Washington, D.C. police officers who were called to help the Capitol Police who are filing two separate lawsuits. So between the police officers, that makes three separate lawsuits. Just want to clarify that. And of course, you have Eric Swalwell himself, who's bringing a lawsuit, then Congress, who's bringing a lawsuit. And I believe it all adds up to seven, but I'm losing count at, at this point because uh, I also forgot to mention that Mary Trump, whose book I think you should read. And once again, please do read it. She also is bringing a lawsuit against Donald Trump, and that's going to be coming down to pike in mid 2022. So, yeah, clarification. And, you know, wow. Before we wrap up this episode, I got to make a point to say just how embarrassing this is. Again, going back to the lawsuits, Donald Trump is not only involved in so many lawsuits right now. uh, He is not only the target of so many investigations right now. He himself initiated a slew of lawsuits as soon as the election was over, claiming that it was stolen, stolen from him with zero evidence. And he had so many embarrassing moments trying to do it there was rudy giuliani who had some hair dye that was literally leaking down his face while he was in front of the construction zone four seasons thinking that it was the four seasons hotel and when they got there they said up i guess this will do then you had mike the pillow guy who literally is an entrepreneur who sells pillows claiming how he had evidence for the election being stolen I remember actually this past August, just just a sidebar real quick. He was claiming and raging about how by tomorrow morning we're going to release all the evidence. And of course, the next morning came and the afternoon came and they're like, hey, where's that evidence? And he's by that night or the next morning, he's like, yeah, it got delayed. And he had done that twice already. And so you got the I mean, I am at a loss to talk about how embarrassing this is not. For him, of course, he's not embarrassed, I'm sure. But perhaps Ivanka's a little embarrassed and Eric is and Tiffany. Perhaps perhaps they're a little. Perhaps even Don Jr. at this point is like, I mean, come on, Dad. But it's embarrassing for the nation because we have to always claim him. And that, that really sucks. We have to claim this man. Like, we have to say, yeah, we elected him. Yeah, we, we did. And despite two attempts to remove him, we did keep him on throughout the presidency. This lawsuit-laden person was our president and you know you know what makes it worse is uh actually it's not just that oh you know that was a blip in time or you know this too shall pass or you know we're restoring our dignity currently and this is another uh statement uh i i need to make the republican party is trying to put him up for another term the same person who was being indicted for or uh whose lawsuits against him are claiming that he incited an insurrection Uh, They are putting him up for a second election so much to the point where the RNC, I read this on Business Insider, is literally footing one point six million dollars of his legal bills. Yeah. So. Have we learned our lesson? I don't think so. I mean, if there was ever if there was ever an accurate caricature of the hillbilly you know, missing tooth, head scratching American, not knowing what's going on, it would be the Republican Party right now. And finally, as I said in the beginning, I'm not here to tell you what to think about Trump. I'm not here to make up your mind about him, but I am here to tell you what 
reason and rationality dictates you think in terms of uh and this is also charitable i believe this is godly and this is where we get to our how are we christians supposed to think about it part of the episode number one we cannot be hypocritical with this so if you know someone if you yourself are like oh well you know we really got to be fair we really got to be balanced we got to wait till this gets to trial i understand that wholeheartedly and i agree with you and i'm glad you think that way just make sure you treat every possible criminal in that way so if you see someone who has been accused of something and they are caught on audio saying that they did that thing or they did something that is, you know, in the universe of that thing, then you have to likewise reserve judgment. This is the concept of where there's smoke, there's fire. If when it comes to your politicians, you're allowing like billows of smoke. But, you know, when it comes to a petty criminal on the street, it's you know, this little whisper of a, you know, a white smoke and it's, oh my goodness, you're it, go to jail. Then no, something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with your thought process. And what I mean by something's wrong really is you have a certain prejudice, either an extreme prejudice for politicians or a prejudice against petty criminals and petty thieves and all that, or perhaps a prejudice toward both that go in opposite directions. And you got to work on that. That's that's no good, right? Um, the second thing, I guess, and this is going to be separate from the concept of where there's smoke, there's fire, withholding judgment. The second thing is going to be to just ask tough questions, ask for the truth. This is not a situation Trump's lawsuits are where you can't find any evidence, you know, oh, you know, he's denying it. He is not denying it. Also, he cannot deny what's on tape. We hear him saying to fight like H-E double hockey stick. There's, <laughs> there's, that's not a question. We see, uh, you know, that he didn't do anything during like four hours of one of the worst attacks on American, you know, soil by Americans. This is like, no one was, no one held them in a room and he's not saying they did. Like it's, it's not a situation where he's coming out saying, listen, no one texts me. It's not where, I mean, legally he shouldn't do that anyway. Like that wouldn't be wise, but his lawyers are not even saying that. If you, if you look at the court filings, like they're just making excuses. And so, I mean, this is really big one all this one point is really one point. It's not three points. It's it's really one point. Like pay attention and don't be a hypocrite, right? Like I feel like when it comes to politicians, we did the same thing with Barack Obama, by the way, and I don't want to get too far into it, but there were some Christians who were against same sex marriage and they were all for, you know, you know, keeping the, the integrity of marriage. But when Barack Obama came out and said, actually, I've switched my position, people were all of a sudden. So, oh, you know, it's great. It's fine. You know, other people are making him do it. He doesn't want to do it. Listen to what the man is saying. He, he said he wanted to do it. Let me get off that. But the point is, is that we can't treat, you know, the president different than another human. Trump has never said <laughs> that he denies any of this stuff. He just makes excuses and he obfuscates. And he blocks. And he claims executive privilege. That's what he does. He, does, he doesn't say, I didn't, oh, I didn't do it. And so you have to ask yourself, would I make that excuse if it were my neighbor? Would I allow that if it were my neighbor? If it were my friend who caused that injury to me, would I feel the same way? Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to put it like that to people. So for all of you who are listening I'm sure 99% of you are not trying to defend Donald Trump anyway, but um, 
you know, for those of you who are in communication with, you know, Republicans, Trump supporters, try to put it to them like that. Just be real with them. Listen, if I did that to you or if you did that to someone else or someone else did that to you or if you were in that place, would that be a reasonable excuse? Forget about the legal question, because this is not the section we're on. Is it moral? Is it right? And if it's not right, but you're like, oh, but it's okay." then your whole ethos is now called into questions. Believe that. If it's okay when the president does it, then it should be okay when anyone does it because God has no respect to persons. They don't care who the president is. I want to write Trump a letter that says, oh, the places you'll go. And I'm going to write it on a really long, long piece of paper that needs to be unrolled like a Christmas list and it's going to say, jail. <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be nothing else on the paper. <laughs> no, but you're going to go to Atlanta. You're going to go to New York. You're going to go to D.C. But ultimately, between these 11 lawsuits, you're going to go to bankruptcy and you might even go to jail. I really don't think he's going to jail, but I do think he might be headed toward bankruptcy with the New York lawsuit in particular. Listen, if you found this valuable, let me know. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I will see you in the next episode.